This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell, and joining me in the studio today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vasser, music director, Elaine Trudell, and principal second violin, also artistic administrator, Merwin Sue. And we have a special guest. I've got a little walk-on music for you. <laughs> We're going to play this as you come on stage. That is the wonderful pianist Elizabeth Pion, who is joining us today and also joining the Toledo Symphony on Friday night. It's at the Valentine Theater in downtown Toledo, an all Mozart program. We're going to talk all about Mozart today, but first, welcome, Elizabeth, to uh, Toledo Symphony Lab. Hi, thank you for having me. I just, I love that on um, that walk-up music, Elizabeth, I, I, I hope you can pass the schnitzel. That sounded uh, very <laughs> it authentic. Sounded, it sounded, uh, yeah, it, it sounded a little bit Bavarian, Bavarian right? Well, umpa. Yeah. Not umpa pa. That would be my grandfather. Yeah. Only one pa. <laughs> pa pa. Okay. <laughs> that was the fanfare of the Beaux Arts, right? You, have you ever heard that before? You know uh, that? Of course. It's wonderful. Yeah. The <laughs> Beaux Arts, the beautiful arts. Wait a minute. I, I think I sense a little facetiousness there. No, it's just French. <laughs> okay. Okay. The fanfare of the Beaux-Arts, which they spelled, when I downloaded this, they spelled it as B-O-Z-A-R-T, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. Bozart. Bozart, yeah. Which rhymes rhymes with Mozart, right? You see where I'm going here? Yeah, the, the Bozart uh, trio. Great, great. great. Yeah, <laughs> Bozart trio, <laughs> for those who are in the know. Anyway... So, Elizabeth, you are a Toledo Symphony newbie. This is your first time on the program. And what we usually do with special guests is we ask them to tell their story. So anything interesting about you that we could use to get to know you a little bit better, uh, you can talk about your musical journey and uh, how it resulted in where you are now and coming to uh, Toledo. Okay? I I have a little music for you first. Okay. Yeah, it's nice. Do do I have to tell something tragic? (laughs) (laughs) No, it doesn't have to be tragic. The music gets happier. Actually, here, I can can play something else for you. There we go, a little Mozart in the background. Which of those two do you prefer, number one or number two? I like number two very much. Okay, we'll leave it playing. Go ahead and tell us your story. Uh, well, I'm Elizabeth. I'm a French Canadian pianist, um, and basically, I've been living in London for the past uh, four years in the UK. Uh, and I'm freshly graduated uh, from the Guildhall School of Music and Drama, so now I'm really looking forward to just step into professional life. And basically, I come from a family of music lovers. No one has pursued it as a as a career, but. Um, there was always music in, in my house when I was a child and an adolescent. And uh, if I look at my family lineage, say there were a lot of people who were self-taught and a lot of like fiddle players. Um, so that was uh, the kind of environment in which I was dating. 
And yeah, it took me quite a long time to decide to devote myself to music because I'm a very uh, curious person and I had just so many interests. Um, but it's been a few years that I'm really yeah. very well, intensely committed. And I'm really looking forward to present um, this Mozart Concerto, which I, which I love and that I've played before. So, yeah. Yay! <laughs> Yay. Nice story. I enjoyed that. Uh, now, talk a little bit about, and maybe Elaine, you can do this as well. Uh, you two have worked together before in the past. Can you talk a little bit about discovering Elizabeth, as it were? Yeah, well, she's way too humble, of course. <laughs> <laughs> she's won a bunch of competitions, and she's she, she's really an amazing pianist. We uh, we played together uh, Rachmaninoff, of all pieces, Rachmaninoff's fourth concerto. Wow. Which is uh, very uh, famous for very being very very difficult to play and to memorize and to, and we played it a few times together. She played fantastic. The orchestra was super impressed, and I said, "Whoa, we have to uh, we have to see you again." So I've already uh, asked her f for uh, for this Mozart concerto. We're planning a Ravel concerto. Where there's a lot of uh, you know, it's very it, there's so many pianists in the world. Yeah. And it really means something when you hear a pianist and you go like, wow, let's do, let's do a lot together after that. It means a lot because, you know, you can always say, well, we'll do a bit with you. You know, it's like a casting agency. You know, <laughs> you're good for this. You're good for that. But she's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, f from the very first notes, uh, when, when she says she's pursuing it very intensely, that's uh, kind of a little bit of trademark I see for her also. Yeah. Just, she's very intense in her playing. Uh, and, and, and the classical style as well as the romantic style and, uh, and, and even different instruments. I mean, she can tell you about playing, uh, on different clavier that are like original from Beethoven mm. to, to the ones we have now. Uh, I love the music that's on this concert, um, because it kind of traces the development of Mozart and, and you've got, you know, this fantastic symphony, but you also have the very first symphony that Mozart wrote and there's a great story attached to this uh, you want to talk about that or i'll talk about it let me before i do that let me play a little bit of it because the very first few bars of the first movement really tell you everything you need to know about mozart you've got an eight-year-old mozart writing this symphony he's sort of waggling his tongue and then you hear the most sublime music following mm -hmm. it right and it goes like this Here comes the tongue waggling again. <laughs> right? And then the most beautiful chord progression. It's just fascinating. You want to talk about um, how this program came together and how you selected this, this repertoire? Of course. Um, my idea was to take our public uh, through Mozart's life and also to introduce them to a few pieces that uh, maybe they know a little bit less. Now we we know the twin that's that's the first symphony as you mentioned. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about it uh, yeah. and uh, and we we'll put the twenty fifth also, which is uh, known as the the little G minor, right? <laughs> but but it's interesting to know that this in America the symphony was played for the first time within eighteen ninety nine and not played again before nineteen thirty seven. Wow! And it, and it really got to be well known in the movie Amadeus, Amadeus right? Because yeah. it starts with that. So uh, that's. Uh, 
that, that's something that I thought was very interesting. Now we know it more, but it wasn't one of his most famous ones. So I thought we have a piano concerto that pretty much everybody knows. So I'm thinking this is the mature work of Mozart. Instead of putting an early concerto and a mature symphony, we all know Symphony 38, 40, 41. And I thought maybe we introduce people to, and, and our public and the people who are going to listen to, uh, to, to his first symphony, a symphony he wrote when he was a teenager, a piano concerto when he was uh, mature. I mean, you know, he only considered... made it to thirty-five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those but, are uh, years. No, yeah. but it's interesting because you know, as you said, eight years old. I mean, a young yeah. prodigy traveling, going to London mm -hmm. for that first time, being exposed to that. Everybody's sick in the family, and he has to find something to do. <laughs> and I said, well, I'll write, well a I'll write a symphony. Why not? I mean, that's what kids think these days. You know, yeah. eight-year-old locked up in the house. It's raining outside. Everybody's sick. I'll write a symphony. And it's sure. I mean, for sure it's written by him because nobody else has that sense of rhythm yeah. and has that sense of uh, of harmony also, you know? You know what's really interesting to me also is that he uses thematic material in the second movement mm -hmm. that he uses in his Jupiter Symphony, the yeah. very last symphony mm -hmm. that he wrote, that that chord progression of, or that theme that goes ba 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 you know the, he he uses that over and over again i mean haydn used it also and a few other composers yeah. but i find it remarkable that there's so much relation between the first and the final symphony as well yeah know? well i want to showcase the fact that from a very young age it was already uh, crystallized, you know, the, yeah. the the artistry was already crystallized. And that comes from, you know, very often when the word that comes to mind when you, we talk about Mozart is miracle, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's uh, it's miraculous and it's uh, unexplainable. And we shouldn't try to explain it. I mean, you should just accept it. Sometimes, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's like listening to Mozart is about faith also a little bit. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, you, you just have to accept it. I mean, this is a gift uh, that was bestowed unto us. That's and, interesting. Uh, yeah. It's a, so anyway, so that first symphony. I, I think I'm going to talk a little bit more about the 25th because people know a little bit less about the story of that. But may Oh. <laughs> yeah, I have some background music for you. Elizabeth, are you still there? Yeah, I'm listening. It's great. <laughs> Glad to have you along for the ride. All right, Elaine, tell us about Symphony Number no. Twenty Five. So we've known Mozart as a little child, you know, like a, a very, uh, very wide-eyed and uh, absorbing all of this. And then his, uh, his family, you know, they take him through Europe. You have to think about Mozart as somebody who had the how do you say the ultimate apprenticeship in life, you know, yeah. because he was not like studying Italian uh, art. He was not. He lived there, you know. They would go and they wouldn't go like now. You take a, a flight, you go for a weekend, or you go for a week, or for they would go for like 10, 12, 14 months, you know. Uh -huh. and, and, and the travel was not simple either. Oh no, no, no. So, yeah. Well, as we know in the first symphony, because mm. they were all <laughs> going up by water and everybody got sick. Even his father said, "I'm a champion at vomiting." Now. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to. Yeah, so, so, sorry about that. No, that's okay. <laughs> and 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 uh, then now he's uh, he's traveled a lot in Europe. He's traveled especially to Italy before that. And he's a teenager. He's 17 years old. And comes the period. You know, we've come from. He was born in the age of enlightenment, right? So uh, where you know we we give a reason to everything, and we have. Uh, where we go towards logic a little bit more, and and then he discovers through Haydn, especially his symphonies, you know, the Sturm und Drang, the, the mm -hmm. what do you say, Storm and Stress in English, yeah, 
that that period and this symphony is actually one of the musical landmarks of that uh, along with Haydn you know the passion the fire yeah. um, the there the, there are about five symphonies of Haydn for during that period in the late 30s and the 40 44 49th symphony but this symphony of Mozart you you have everything in that look you hear rhythm huh? syncopated yeah. rhythm that mm-hmm. big leap all of that all of those they 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 underline that and a teenager who discovers you know storm and stress coming from enlightenment <laughs> you know coming yeah. from the galante period and enlightenment mm-hmm. is like wow you know that would be what every teenager would live through you mm-hmm. know because uh, still now you know like they, we live and we feel so intensely you know it's all uh, fleur de peau you know for a degree like oh and this symphony represents that so i want to have something from that period because it's going to be very more mature in the piano concerto yeah so and and with all this culture you know Italian culture and German culture French and English we have somebody who at the tender age of 17 I I know it's it's, it's not very old but for him he already has like a quote unquote more than 10 years in the business mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just want to go back for a second though because when we think about the first symphony um, he had the the joviality that if you imagine you're an 8-year-old and you're going to sit down and write a symphony you probably would be as careful about this as you could be But he has the nya 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 that you were talking about, <laughs> yeah. Brad. Uh, and by the time he's writing number 25, he's just a pro at this. He can he can mimic anything, but yeah. make it his own. Yeah. Well, we talk about Mozart years because he died so young. It's so. like it's like dog years plus two. I exactly. Think. Yeah. More so than two. One maybe. year is nine normal person years. Something like that. <laughs> uh, let me get my slide rule. We can figure that out. But uh, yeah. Good job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That was not Elizabeth. That was uh, <laughs> the recording that we have of Elaine's daughter. How old was your daughter then? Oh, boy. Uh, three, I think. Yeah. yeah. Three years old. Elizabeth, what do you have to say about Mozart? Uh, let me get a little background music for you, too. Hang in there. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's a loser. Yeah, that's a mood, all right. <laughs> Let's get in the mood with Mozart. A, yeah, exactly. I just have a lot of affection for Mozart because I find he's, a, he's an incredible character who, you know, he fought a lot for his artistic freedom and he was just daring in what he wanted to say and, you know, didn't hesitate to innovate and put himself in um, quite dangerous situations. And at the same time, he he composes those amazing works of art that are just so refined and so moving. And then, you know, you can beat me on that. <laughs> then you mm. you listen to his uh, cantata, uh, you know, like my and like all those catophilia jokes that he was so fond of. And it's, it's just, it's great to see that he was a kind of... Um, a great chap with whom you would like to hang out with as well, who was yeah. really into like VR, dancing and nice clothing as well. And just this kind of full, very lively character. And I think it's, it's really reflected um, in his music, this kind of dichotomy between being uh, a person of great depth and also someone who enjoyed the frivolous yeah, but way he, of life. You know, there's something about Mozart where he, he brought 
his great talent, his great otherworldliness to the most base of subjects. You talk about that that canon, Luckmere and which we're going to have to believe, obviously, <laughs> when we do it, when we when we put this on air. But the the great thing about that canon is it's great music. You know, the words yeah, are exactly. ridiculous, but the music is kind of catchy and interesting. And you know, yeah. I think that says a lot about Mozart, right there. Merwin, you had an interesting idea with um, the idea of playing the age game. You know, sure. Mozart wrote that symphony number one when he was eight, and he wrote the the other symphony when he was what seventeen. You said, and then he was in his late twenties when he wrote the piano concerto. Twenty nine, something. I think yeah, twenty nine. So let's go around and tell what we were doing when we were at those ages, right? <laughs> and and we're gonna skip me, so well, we'll start. <laughs> That's right. Excellent. Elizabeth is one of the uh, thirty hot Canadian yep. musicians under thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thirty under thirty. Yeah, I'm yeah. twenty six now. <laughs> but you can predict exactly what you'll be doing at the age of twenty nine, and yeah. we'll have it recorded, and you will, we can compare a few years later. You heard, you <laughs> heard it here. Three years. <laughs> you heard it here like first. Crystal ball. Exactly. Yes, crystal ball. So, what were you doing when you were eight, Elizabeth? Oh well, I was, uh, you know, I guess a normal child going around playing soccer with my brothers and my sister. I was really much of a tomboy when I was a child. And uh, also, I've always loved studying. So I was just reading a book, going by the river. So I, I haven't changed that much in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Between ages 8 and 17, you didn't, you didn't change your habits very much? Your yeah, habit- I guess you always kind of remain the same in a way, you know. Like what, yeah. what you truly love as a child often becomes the thing you, you still love when you when you get older, so it's more like the environment changes and everything. But, but does it mean yeah. anything that I, think I, say, I was a loser when I was eight? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, something like that. <laughs> I don't remember eight years is old. It, is it a therapy session? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, just broadcast to a few hundred thousand of our friends, right? <laughs> um <laughs> Merwin, you know, you play the violin. Obviously, the violin, you know, they start young, right? What was your story? What were you doing when you were well, that age? Actually, my first composition was also when I was eight years old. It was very <laughs> simplistic. It was called Spring is Coming, and it was for violin, double bass, and piano because I had a good friend who played bass. And so I I won a, a competition, but I got penalized because... They made me. They said that I was switching between um, pizzicato and arco too much for the double bass. Wow! And I thought this is like oh, a no. fundamental skill for the double bass. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Let's we'll see what Mozart has to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, I didn't know that you you started your eminent career by composing. It was actually very similar to a co- composition that Mozart would have written when he was eight months old yeah. or eight <laughs> weeks old. Mo- again, Mozart years, right? Exactly. Mozart years. Do you think we could get you and Jack to recreate that or do a, maybe an encore performance? I think I burned it. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, fine. You're proud of your performance, but <laughs> Let's, we'll make it up. We'll make it up, right? Yeah. I think it went something like this. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) 
Spring is coming. There it is. Yeah. yeah. I would have been proud of that. <clears throat> sure. Same key. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's nice. I should have added that buzzer into the sound effect. Oh, well. You know, the things you learn when you're older than eight. What, what were you doing, Elaine, when you were eight years old? Not much, actually. I mean, I, I have a good 17, but the eight is a... Uh, well, let's hear 17. Uh, yeah. Fast forward to 17. Well, fast forward to 17. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you have to make your voice a little deeper for yes, 17, uh, right? At, at 17, I was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 17, 17. Uh, I was playing... Uh, oh, you win. I know what you're yeah, going to say. I know. <laughs> I, I was playing as, <laughs> as uh, <laughs> every two weeks as a finalist for the international edition for the Montreal Symphony. So I was playing every two weeks in the symphony. Wow. Uh, and I had written my first string quartet, <laughs> which we played <laughs> which here last played? year. Yeah. yeah. So this is and, what Elaine has to say to you, Merwin. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine is the winner. Yeah. Uh, but I started at 12, so it's uh, anything I have else? nothing before that. Is there anything else you want to tell us about your accomplishments at age 17? <laughs> I, I tied my own shoes. <laughs> That's great. Oh, wow. That's yeah. great. Well I, I don't want to brag. I <laughs> But you tied them in a very fancy uh, arabesque kind of version. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Yeah. What about you, Zach? Let's go well, back I, I to was, eight for I Zach. I was still using Velcro. Yeah. Uh, this feels like a. Just <laughs> <laughs> think for a second. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, hey, don't knock Velcro. I have that on some of my shoes, actually. Uh, there, is this there, is this your therapy session again? <laughs> yes, we re, we returned to my therapy yeah. session. All right. Today, Doctor Pion. <laughs> Bring it back. This Yay. feels like um, there's the Sinatra song. Uh, when I was 17, it was a very good year. That's that's what this feels like right now. Yeah. 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 So, what did you do when you were 17? I was a uh, intern at the Toledo Symphony when I was wow. seventeen. Yeah, how far they've come. Yeah, I just oh. kind of stayed around until they started paying me. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Elizabeth? There's there's hope yet. <laughs> you just stick around. That's the trick. That's yeah. the trick. Yeah, just <laughs> keep them playing. To pay you. <laughs> they are paying you to come here, I assume. I think we are. Yeah. I won't ask how much. Yeah. But... <laughs> That's Still in it. negotiation, right? <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. I, I do have a quiz, a little uh, Mozart me, quiz. Brad? Oh, yeah. You have some more accomplishments you want to tell us about? <laughs> no, <laughs> no we, we didn't do uh, you. Oh, no, we're not doing me. I don't okay. remember. I, I absolutely don't remember eight. I think I, had a, I think I had a birthday party that nobody showed up to, you know, Aww. when I yeah. Aww. When I was eight, or maybe <laughs> something, something like that. Yay. There we go. You got it perfect. So, um, yeah, but when I was 17, what did I do? Oh, I got, um, I was almost arrested because I was uh, swimming on the beach in front of composer Howard Hansen's house, and he called the police. <laughs> so... That's one of my stories when I was 17. Wow. Okay, Not, wait. We're devoting an entire episode to this story. Yes, what I'm, just happened? I, I want to know how many symphonies he wrote about that. Yeah, yeah. That was, it was quite an experience. In but session it, with Brad. I, I was young and naive. I remember I met... Um, 
where I, you I met Emmanuel Axe, right? This was at Chautauqua. I mm-hmm. was at the Chautauqua Institution right. in uh, Jamestown, New York. Yeah, yeah, beautiful place. Yeah, I, I met him there, and then um, I was out on the beach again, and a gentleman came up to me and introduced himself, and it was Hans Werner Henze, oh, wow. who I didn't know at the time. But do you say, "Hey there, Hans"? <laughs> Hans <laughs> <to> Henze. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> Herr Hans Hens. <laughs> yeah, wow, I, uh, that deserves another laugh from our supposed to be subject of the day. We're supposed to talk about Mozart, so let's go to how old the were quiz. you when you met Mozart? Um, still working on it. All right, got it. Yeah, we have something to look forward to. Okay. <laughs> So I've got a quiz for you. It's called Music in the Minor Key Quiz, and the reason for that is because you've got the Symphony Number no. 25 in G minor. Not quite sure where this idea came from, but uh, I know that Mozart wrote very rarely in the minor key, so we're going to dive into the minor key. So what, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm giving you each clues, right? There'll be three clues per piece of music, and you have to guess what the piece of music is. So you write it down, you know, you can write down notes or whatever. Do you have something to write with, Elizabeth, or can we trust you? I can find that. Just okay. Google, just, just Google all it. the answers. <laughs> just think of it. Hold it in mind, and then, you know, don't lie to us when we come back <laughs> and, and, and say what it is. Best, I promise. Okay, good. The All prize right. is very high, you know. Yeah, let me bring in some background music for that. Okay. The composer of this work loved puzzles and famously included one in his music. Not this piece of music, but a different piece. And, and we don't say who it is until the very end. This piece was included in the soundtrack for a biographical film about a pair of musicians... The final clue is one of the musicians who recorded it was the great cellist Jacqueline Dupre. Okay, so that is your first piece. There are four of these per quiz. Oh. Second one is... So we're, we're coming up with the composer or the piece? You're coming up with the piece. You get extra credit for the composer. You get super extra credit if you know the key that it's in, right? Okay, this composer once described himself as a really incompetent businessman who is bad at arithmetic. Arithmetic, yeah. Second clue. Out of the 32 works in this genre by the previously mentioned composer, this one is probably the most famous. And the third clue is its nickname comes from a German music critic who said it reminded him of something shining upon Lake Lucerne. (laughs) I think I handled that really well, right? What do you say? Yeah, okay. All right, the third one. This piece was played at the funeral of both President Franklin D. Roosevelt and John F. Kennedy. It has been featured in movies, including The Elephant Man and Platoon, and it originally comes from the second movement of the composer's only string quartet. Mm. Okay, so that's number three. And the final one is... I told you these would be easy, right? This piece is by an Italian Baroque composer, although he didn't actually write it. Its surface in the mid-20th century is edited by the composer's biographer, and it shares a title with the previous piece of music that we just talked about, but it's in a different key. Mm-hmm. So one, two, three, four. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd be really disappointed if you didn't get all of these. Okay, number one. What do you say, Marwan? Actually, the first one I found really hard. Did, did, did you get, I'm going to go with the Elgar Cello Concerto, but I don't know. My guess yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, that's what I wrote. Too. Uh, Elizabeth, do you concur? Yeah, me too. 
Yeah, Shelva Contreras. Was- <laughs> that, that was not as easy as you thought it was. Was the okay. movie Hillary and Jackie? Is that yeah, what Hillary and Jackie. Yeah. About Jacqueline uh-huh. Prey and her yeah. sister. I forgot Hillary. all about that movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's still out there. Yeah. Okay, number two, um, which was the moonlight shining on Lake Lucerne. Moonlight. Moonlight Becomes You, Moonlight in Your Eyes, Keep Moonlight going. Sonata. Moonlight Sonata. Oh. Yay! Yeah. yeah, the Moonlight Sonata yeah. by Beethoven. Do you know what? Have you ever heard in? of that? Have you ever heard of that, Elizabeth? That 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 work. <laughs> The Moonlight Sonata. How do you say it in French? What do they call it in, in uh, Canada? French Canada. <laughs> oh yeah, Clair de Lune. I've heard of that before. That, <laughs> yeah. Is it in G minor? It, no, it's in C sharp. C sharp minor, of course. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Can, can you tell which which piano sonata it is? Uh, Extra credit. Fourteen. Yeah, fourteen in okay. C sharp minor. Nice. Okay. Our third piece, we lost the music. Let me pull up a little. There, that's better. A musical joke. I always listen to this when I go to the barber. <laughs> oh, I see where you're going. <laughs> oh, the next one. I was like, what does Mozart's musical joke have to do with the barber? I was trying to, you lost me there for a second. It's all okay. right, just keep going. It'll make sense in a moment. All right, <laughs> next piece. The next piece has been a movies. It originally was in the string quartet of the composer. And Zach, you want to say what it is? Oh, no, I'm going to let my colleague Merwin take this okay, one. Okay, Merwin, what string do you say? String quartet and all. Yes, this is actually the Adagio for Strings by um, some barber guy. By <laughs> my <laughs> barber. His name was Chop Chop Barber. Chop Chop Barber. Yeah. yeah. Samuel Barber. Okay. Oh, that was what it was. Yeah. The last one for this round. I loved your first clue. It was a good clue. Oh, by the way, do you know what key Adagio for Strings is in? Starts in B flat, so B flat minor. <laughs> you are absolutely right. <laughs> Wow. It's 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 Great actually job. really difficult because like I was like trying to think of how it ended, but I couldn't remember because all the music was getting in the way. So I was like, I know that the first note nope. was take the guess. But and that's really interesting because the first note of the piece is D flat, but he plays in the second violin. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah. I'm very self centered. <laughs> Okay, that you was all lost me. You're, you're getting into this musicological oh, type thing here. Musicological, logical. Yeah, something like <laughs> Scatological? that. Scatological. Yeah. And it's just, that's that's you know it, it, on par appropriate with our, to Mozart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On par with our subject today. Our, our final piece. We didn't get that. Is by an Italian yeah. Baroque composer who didn't actually write it. What do you say, yeah, Elaine? Al, not Albinoni's adagio. Albinoni's. <laughs> Not Adagio, right? Oh, it is an Adagio. It is. Yeah. Sorry, it is not sorry. But it's not, not Albinoni. And it's in G minor. Yeah, yeah. it's in G minor. Wow, you guys are clearing up here. Okay. That first one was kind yeah. of a shot in the dark. <laughs> we, I got lucky. I think all of us got lucky. Yeah. Well, when he said Jacqueline Dupré, I said, okay, yeah. well, I, that's got to be that. Yeah. yeah, you had to go with that. Yeah. It's been a while since we've done the Elgar Cello Concerto. Yeah. Elizabeth, do you play cello by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in my in my spare time. Yes. Yeah, in all your spare time. Well, now that you've graduated <laughs> at, at, at Guildhall, you have a little more spare time. Uh, we're glad that you're going to spend it with us. You've never been here to Toledo before, right? 
No, never. It's going to be my first time, so I will be. I will need to be shown around. Yeah. What What do you expect from Toledo? What do you What do you think it's like? I don't know. That's what is exciting <laughs> about it. But, uh, <laughs> you don't know. Uh, no, I just uh, I. I have no clue of like the you know what the spirit there, but if you can give me a few clues, I would be really okay. Well, everybody, we'll start with Zach. Let's get get recommendations. One one clue, yeah, that will make more sense when Elizabeth gets here. Let me get some music for you. (laughs) 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 I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Well, if you're uh, um, hot dogs, hot dogs, yeah. Mm -hmm. They have good hot dogs in Toledo. Animals. All right. (laughs) They have good animals in Toledo. (laughs) Some of them are right here in the studio. What do you say, Merwin? I'm being pressured to go for beer. Beer. (laughs) How do you know that wasn't just a big glass of wine that Zach was mimicking? Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Sorry, I should have said Philip. Charades go really, really well on the radio, Zach. I know. I give you another one. Matisse. Matisse. Very nice. Yes. Yes. Or Monet. Or Monet. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about Tony Paco's, talking about the zoo as well as the art museum, and then talking about beer. With Merwin. No, talking about glass. Yeah. Glass. Now, all of those I mean, things. That, that sounds like a great mixture of things, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can eat a hot dog while you're walking through the art museum and go to the <laughs> zoo with a glass of beer. You'll be all set, just like a real Toledoan. Yes. Yeah. Yes, good to know that. I yeah. feel like that we are we are jeopardizing our relationships with some of our partners. <laughs> maybe Maybe a hot dog in a museum is not the best choice. Maybe not. Maybe not. But I was just I kidding. imagine yeah, somewhere there is a painting. I do this with my kids when I take them to the art museum. I say, let's go find, first one to find a picture of a lobster or a sunset or something like that. But I bet you somewhere there's a picture of a hot dog. In fact, I just figured out where it is. It may be. Okay, yeah. where is it? It's, a, um, it's in the modern era. There's a, a streetscape of, I believe, New York, and there's a delicatessen, and hot dogs are on a menu <laughs> along right. with the yeah. uh, painter's signature. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I can I can I picture can see, that in my head. Yeah, now. the incredibly photorealistic. Very much so. Yeah. And the yeah. lobster is in the Dutch. Uh, it, yeah, the it's Dutch a, room. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, Elizabeth, you have to you have to go see the big mural that they have at the Valentine Theater. That's another uh, that's another right. must see thing because yeah. it has so much history uh, depicted there. So there's Including, a lot to do in Toledo. I mean, are you going to have much time to to go out and do stuff? Uh, Elena is nodding yes. Yeah. He's like, yes. we'll cancel rehearsals. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you always end er, er, yeah, early, so between rehearsals, yeah, good for inspiration and just you know to get in the get, uh, get the vibes of the city and get in the mood. Perfect. Let, let's talk about the piano concerto number four. I've I've got the third movement uh, queued up here. Right, number four. I mean, it's zero yeah. <laughs> twenty-four. Elizabeth's over here, like, what? <laughs> no, I just want to talk about a completely different piano concerto, right? Than the one you're playing. Well, you were told playing? you were good under pressure. Let's yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that? There's, there's yeah, a, I was just thinking about that. Uh, there's the a video Maria. going on of uh, the pianist. Who was the pianist? Was uh, it Maria, Maria Jaurès? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sits down. Yeah. And it's it's the other concerto. Yeah. So if the but symphony, she plays the whole thing. So if we start playing the the concerto yeah, number four, don't be thrown off. Okay. 
just jump right in. Yeah, but now you've spoiled it. I, I can't prepare myself. You know. Oh, don't worry. We're really going to play the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> Rachmaninoff fifth. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Piano Concerto number 24. And, uh, Elaine, do you want to set the stage for this piece, or do you want to, to hand it off to We have a production team that does that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a union job. <laughs> well, I, I could, but I talked a lot already, and I I want I would like to hear what uh, Elizabeth wants to wants to talk about. I mean, the only thing I'll say is that uh, you know, like all later Mozart work, it has a very special place for woodwind instruments in it. Yeah. And uh, the late concertos have a lot of that, yeah. and it's because Mozart knew wind players like personally, so it's written for people. It's not written for instruments. Well, you, Elizabeth, are taking on the role of Mozart himself as the uh, the pianist. Now, is it true that in this concerto he also left like little blank spaces in the solo part because he would fill it in on his own later? I I don't know if it's yeah, like yeah. Well, he yeah. got a bit in a in a hurry, so he was just like, well, can't write this down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there is quite a lot of room for cadenzas and improvisation, so it's it's uh, really creative for. Who, who plays it, I are, think. are you going to improvise any of that, uh, Elizabeth? Well, I've never like improvised uh, live on stage, but what I do is like when I'm in my studio, I do improvise and then I, I write down a few options. And then when I'm on stage, uh, I try to take something that I've uh, been through before. But perhaps I will improvise for the first time. You never know. Because like... Um, I remember playing in masterclass for Robert Levine, and he's such an inspiration for me. And he was just, you know, really uh, telling us, you, you know, you should really dare to to do it on stage. So perhaps that is a good occasion to do so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I did write my my own cadenza for the for the first uh, for the first movement. Are you just so hearing this it. now, Elaine? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I love it. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you wrote your own cadenza for this piece. I mean, that that is, you know, tradition. Yeah. A lot of pianists who who are capable of doing that write their own cadenza. How old are you again? Eight years old. You're very young. <laughs> you you have a long, a long life ahead of you, and and lots of great stuff to uh, to do. Where does this particular piano concerto fall for you? I mean, have you been working on it for a long time? Is it something you've lived with for a while? I mean, I think it's been uh, about two years now. No, no, a year and a half. Because I played it first, uh, actually, on a on a forte piano with uh, Arion, which is a baroque orchestra in Canada, uh, which was amazing experience. We did also number thirteen. Um, and but you didn't do number four. Year, huh? I you didn't do number four. No, not yet. But <laughs> I will. I will bring it. I promise. <laughs> you were talking um, about. Playing on a, a forte piano, is that what you said? Yeah. So a piano like yeah, a Mozart's exactly. time, that kind of thing? Yeah, uh, it, is a bit, uh, it is a bit older. It is like a Broadwood at the beginning of 19th century. But then um, a few months later, I played it with a, a modern orchestra. So I had both experiences. And actually, last year, um, I did something for the first time, which was uh, conducting from the keyboard. Um, wow. It was a course in, in Italy at the Scuola di Musica di Fiesole. Uh, don't worry, Ali, I'm not going to conduct. <laughs> but it's, uh, it is a great experience just to, you know, be a bit in the conductor's shoes and also yeah. just to get back to Mozart's way of doing it because, like, obviously there was no conductor back then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've been carrying the, the work for a little while and it's just such a rich, uh, a rich score. 
um, with like the, the largest um, you know range of instruments of any concerto he, he has uh, written. So it's um, very orchestral. Um, and yeah, I find it uh, very inspiring to hear all of the instruments. And for example, when I directed it from the keyboard, to be surrounded by all those sounds and all those different uh, timbres and expressions was so inspiring. So it's uh, it's the concerto I I cherish very much and that I will look forward to deepen my relationship uh, yeah. with it. Yeah. We'll give you a uh, yay! a yay for that. <laughs> Uh, no, that's I'm great. Glad. Uh, Elaine, do you feel threatened by Elizabeth's conducting? <laughs> no. She's coming after you anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm very happy. Uh, you know what? It, um, to have that experience for, for Elizabeth, it means that she knows the score inside mm -hmm. out and it will be more like chamber music. You know, yeah. the, the, especially that yeah. second movement with the woodwind, the exchange that they have. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, like I said, Mozart yeah, wrote for a community of musicians. He didn't write for a clarinet or for a flute. He wrote for this person, that person. Yeah. So it's, we're going to have that same feeling. Now I'm very happy uh, you did that, Elizabeth. And, and in this case, he was writing for himself mm -hmm. when Elizabeth takes on that, mm -hmm. that mantle True. at the uh, Valentine Theater. Can I ask a question? I would love to know how this concerto is different for you, Elizabeth, on a modern piano and a forte piano. Um, well, it's, it's very different in many ways in the touch, um, in the range of colors you can have. I feel like whenever I'm on period instruments, I need to work more, a lot more with articulation and timing. Um, what is great also in period instruments is the, the real sense of scale because you don't have those extra octaves <laughs> that the modern piano has, so you really, mm. you know, you, you are confined to a certain territory. Um, at the same time, I, I really don't find any problem in playing on, on modern instruments, because it, it gives a whole new range of possibilities that I feel can enhance the music um, as well. So it's it's very different in the mindset, but, but the main things in the music remain you know, remain the same, and that's what what leads is the quality of the the music, of the instrumentation, of the voice leading. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Which, which do you prefer, modern piano or forte piano? I want everything. <laughs> <laughs> I I just feel like if, if I can have uh, both, I'm I'm very happy, and as long as it's um, with people who are willing to explore, because I feel a lot of music is about with whom you're you're actually playing. Yeah. Um, so as long as I have collaborators that have interesting musical ideas, I think the, the instruments are almost secondary. What, what about toy piano? Have you ever tried that? <laughs> I would love to see. Well, I, I take back my word. <laughs> <That's secondary. laughs> she, can play, she can play on the toy piano and I'll try to kick a football at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Well, let, let's do one more part of our quiz, right? The music and the minor key quiz. I've got four more questions and you should get these pretty, pretty easily. They're pretty easy. Let me find some appropriate uh, music here. And let's do this one. We've already played this a little bit. Okay, so that's the piano concerto. We're coming back to that. All right, here's your first clue for this piece of music. 
It was probably written in the early 1700s, but it wasn't published until 1833, when it was championed by another famous composer. This piece is forever associated with Halloween and scary films, since it was used in a 1931 movie about a doctor and his evil alter ego. That's hard to say, evil alter ego. That's like, hello, Hans Werner Henze, right? <laughs> this piece really became famous when it was used as the opening for a popular Disney film in 1940. Okay, so that's your first piece. Second piece, this was the only concerto ever completed by its composer. It was the first of its kind to be recorded back in 1909. And, fun fact, a soloist died while performing it in 1951 with the Philadelphia Orchestra at Carnegie Hall. That's the second one. You're all looking at me with there, blank there are, stares. There are three totally blank stares. So, Elizabeth, you need to help us out in this one because yeah. we have no idea. On this I'll give you a clue. It's a piano concerto. I also need help. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to the next piece. This piece of music went to the moon with Neil Armstrong. There's a mural in Iowa that honors the composer of this piece. And it was an attempt at a new American sound of classical music. That is number three. And the final one, this famous snippet of melody has been used by several other composers in their works. This composer published his mother's letters to prove that he himself wasn't the son of the devil. And the last clue, this piece is the final one in a series of 24 short pieces. Mm. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. What's that second one? I know. I'm oh, my gosh. I'm, yeah. well, two and three are... Okay, the first one... I think I have it, but I'm not sure. Okay, well, we'll go to you when we get there. Um, let's go back to the first piece. Everybody know what that is? The Halloween-y piece? Yeah. Toccata and fugue. And D minor. We were chosen for our beautiful singing voices. Hey, speak for yourself. Johann Sebastian Bach. Okay, the the second one. We're gonna let we're gonna let you uh, take a guess there, Elizabeth. The only okay, concert. I, I think it's great. It's great piano concerto, but I'm not sure. You are Yay! correct. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, the Greek piano concerto. The first piano concerto to ever be recorded back in 1909. They did a wow. six-minute version of it for the recording, and I'm thinking. That would be amazing. Just do the six-minute edit, you know, and be done with it right there. I'm going to go track that down. Yeah, track it down, definitely. Who, who we'll the, bring Elizabeth was, back for that. Who was the artist who died? Yeah. Um, that was Simon Barre. Barre? Barre? B-A-R-E-R? Barre, maybe? Oh, wow. Yeah. In 1951 at Carnegie Hall. He, he, he like, fell to the floor, and they took him backstage, and he died. Wow! What yeah. an amazing story. I mean, yeah, I need to. I've never heard of that. Never story. heard that either. Wow. Yeah. So, as an encore, Elizabeth, I expect you to learn that six-minute version of the Greek concerto. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be a great. Well, uh, I have a lot in my plate. Yeah, yeah. The fourth concerto. You have to get the Greek, <laughs> but it's only six yeah. minutes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Our third piece of music, it went to the moon with Neil Armstrong. A recording of it did, actually. Any any ideas, Merwin? Dvorak New World? Dvorak New World yeah. Symphony. Yeah. 
And why is there a mural in Iowa that honors him? In Spillville, Iowa. They had a big Czech community, and and he almost felt at home there at that place. He (laughs) wrote his uh, American String Quartet there. Mm -hmm. Okay, the final piece. Famous snippet of melody used by other composers in their works. Uh, Some famous pieces that, that... at least one that you should know, Elizabeth, the uh, Rachmaninoff uh, variations on a theme of, right? So what piece are we looking for? Elaine, you want to jump in? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, the, the uh, 24th Caprice by Paganini in A minor. <laughs> in A minor, <laughs> yes, by Niccolo Paganini. Yay! Is there okay. a trombone version of that? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes. There is? Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Oh, you can. (laughs) That's going to be... (laughs) That's going to be your... uh, Oh, I totally forgot what I was talking about. But that's going to be your encore, Elaine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, When you're conducting conducting from the trombone, right? Mm -hmm. At the the front of the uh, orchestra. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, I do want to mention the concert again. It's happening uh, this Friday, October 21st, 8 o'clock p.m. at the Valentine Theater in downtown Toledo. Pianist Elizabeth Pion is here with us and will be on the stage of the Valentine performing the uh, Piano Concerto Number 24. Make sure I get that right and don't say the wrong number. Piano Concerto Number 24 in C minor. By Mozart. It's an all Mozart program. Also includes Symphony 25, Symphony 1, and the Overture to Marriage of Figaro. Elaine Trudell at the podium with the Toledo Symphony Orchestra. More information at ToledoSymphony.com or 419 246 8000. Well, that brings our program to an end. We're just about out of time. But before we go, I asked you guys to prepare a word, a single word that describes Mozart himself, or one facet of Mozart. And we're going to do a flash round, just go around the table. And Elizabeth, I'd like to start with you, and then we'll bring it back to me as we go around the table. So what is your word? It can be in French or English. What do you say, Elizabeth? I mean, the thing is that there are so many facets to Mozart. Um, am I allowed to say, like, three? Okay, if you, if you want to, say three. Okay, uh, I'd say vitality, naughtiness, and innovation. Vitality, naughtiness, yeah. and innovation. I like Those are that. great words. Mm-hmm. What do you say, Merwin? I'll go with Amade because of the controversy about it, but I also think, so his middle name, Theophilus Amadeus, Amade, I'm going to choose one of those, mostly because it means loved of God and mm-hmm. and. Uh, beloved mm-hmm. by be, beloved by God, I think that kind of tension between being loved by God and loving God, I think is that's so inherent in Mozart's music. Yeah, and this too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Elaine, your turn. Uh, I am going to stick with miracle. A miracle, yep. yeah, wonderful, Zach. I have two. <laughs> that's okay. Let's hear them. Uh, the first is eight, and the second is free. Eight, as in an age? So if you take every composition that Mozart wrote and played them end to end, start to finish, the next one, the next one, the next one, it would take over eight days. That sounds like a project for you, Merwin. It really doesn't. (laughs) Your next concept concert. All Mozart. I mean, literally an all Mozart concert, right? Yeah. 
the wheels are turning. Yeah. Okay. Wait, what was your word again? Eight and free? Oh, and free, yeah. So um, he was really one of the first freelance composers, freelance musicians, okay. uh, when he was kind of leaving yeah. the court system. Um, and he was also a Freemason, so that made him both a freelancer and a Freemason, although he was neither a lancer nor a mason. Yeah. yeah. My word was facetious because it kind of speaks to that, what we talked about earlier in his naughty canon, you know, where he was able to take the most uh, base kind of wording and add the most sublime music to it. You know, it speaks to that dichotomy of, uh, of Mozart and his personality. And his music sometimes, mm -hmm. right? That kind of means a good work, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to when you guys play uh, Luck Merriam, You Know What, <laughs> on a, on a uh, program, right? It'll have to be one of the chamber concerts, probably. Mozart Unleashed or something like chamber that. Chamber pot concert? <laughs> <laughs> Can always count on Zach for a good pun. Yeah, well, there we go. All right. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth, your laugh has infected us here. It's wonderful to have you uh, with us. So what do you think? Your first time on Toledo Symphony Lab. <laughs> and your oh last God. time, <laughs> evidently. <laughs> I, I had a great time. So yes, thank you for the invitation. Okay. Well, I didn't expect you to say it was a terrible experience, but <laughs> you, can, you can tell these guys the truth uh, when you're actually here in Toledo. Elizabeth Pion playing with the uh, Toledo Symphony on Friday night, 8 p.m. at the Valentine Theater. Piano Concerto Number no. 24 in C minor by Wolfgang Mozart. Notice I skipped the Amadeus Amadeus controversy mm -hmm. there. An all Mozart program, uh, music from the symphonic repertoire as well as the opera repertoire, and of course the piano concerto that we're going to hear with Elizabeth Pion. Uh, Elizabeth, as I Say goodbye to you. I'm going to bring in a little more music again. This is your walk-off music now. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Makes me want to play in a concert. <laughs> <laughs> This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts. Don't forget to check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website at toledosymphony.com and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find the TSO streaming platform online at stream.artstoledo.com. My thanks to Zach Vasser, Elaine Trudell, Merwin Sue, and to our special guest, Elizabeth Pion. I'm Brad Cresswell, and this has been Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 81. Am I, did I m miss say your name? How do you, say your name for me, Elizabeth. It was very beautiful how you said it. Don't change it. Okay. She said it was beautiful. Not necessarily correct. Just beautiful. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> <laughs>